The earthquakes which struck Turkey and Syria on Monday morning are first and foremost a monumental tragedy. As of this recording, at least 11,000 people are known to have been killed, and that is likely a fraction of the actual toll. Multiples of that number are injured. Many more besides are contemplating the wreckage of their homes, businesses, neighbourhoods, even entire suburbs and towns. You will nigh certainly have seen images of the destruction, and it is equally likely that you have struggled to comprehend its enormity. A force so intense, it wiped out history in seconds. This 2,000-year-old castle among the wreckage. But a natural disaster of this scale is always an interesting political and diplomatic moment, as many everyday hostilities are abruptly suspended to a degree which manages to be both heartwarming and heartbreaking. Countries which usually expend considerable energy whacking rhetorical or actual lumps out of each other anxiously call asking if there's anything they can do to help. One of the first pledges of assistance Turkey received came from Greece, with which Turkey has nearly come to blows several times in recent decades over a wide range of disagreements, and which Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, vaguely threatened with missile strikes as recently as December. Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis declared that Greece is mobilising its resources and will assist immediately. The first Hellenic Air Force transport plane carrying supplies and personnel took off within hours of the quake striking. Among those offering to come to Syria's rescue is Israel, whose pilots certainly know the way. Israel's Air Force has conducted hundreds of raids against targets in Syria over the last decade and a bit, the latest of which was reportedly in late January, against a convoy of trucks said to be transporting Iranian weapons. It is even theoretically possible that protagonists in current diplomatic standoffs or even actual wars could find themselves working together on rescue operations. Also among the correctly long list of countries pledging help are China and Taiwan, Russia and Ukraine. And at one point this week at Gaziantep Airport, transport planes from Israel and Iran were parked alongside each other. All of which is at least partly, possibly even mostly, entirely guileless common decency. The nation-state equivalent of an individual citizen being moved by scenes of calamity and donating a few quid to a fundraising appeal. In December 2003, earthquakes devastated Kerman province in the south of Iran. At least 34,000 people died. The United States, despite officially regarding Iran as a constituent of the axis of evil, airlifted in supplies, medicine and an 81-member emergency response team. After Hurricane Katrina struck New Orleans in 2005, a good few traditional antagonists of the US offered to lend a hand, including Venezuela, Cuba and Iran. 
This is also perhaps in some instances a kind of karmic investment. In 1999, for example, the Turkish city of Izmit and the Greek capital of Athens were struck in quick succession by large and deadly earthquakes. Each country swiftly and generously deployed resources to help the other, a pattern repeated in 2020 when a quake near the Greek island of Samos caused considerable havoc in the Turkish city of Izmir. Although some Greek media coverage of the commendable work of Greek rescue crews undid some of the goodwill by tactlessly calling Izmir by its Greek name, Smyrna. India and Pakistan, two other perpetually rancorous neighbours, have some history of helping each other out after the floods, storms and earthquakes to which both are prone. All of which might prompt wistful wondering as to why it cannot always be like this. Why this sort of unhesitating and ungrudging global cooperation is not the rule, rather than the exception, when it comes to addressing crises, very much including the crises besetting our environment and our climate. We might also wonder why the ruination of a country by deliberate means, Yemen for example, prompts widespread indifference, while a natural disaster sees all hands sprinting to the pumps. But the reality, wretchedly, is that it isn't really entirely like this, even at times like this when it might look like it is. Even a moment which seems to render politics trivial is beset by politics. After the BAM earthquake in 2003, the United States was only able to send help after Iran, having originally rejected the offer, decided to grudgingly cut the great Satan a break on this occasion. The United States rather petulantly snubbed the aid of Cuba and Venezuela after Katrina, and it turned out that Iran was hoping to leverage its offer for sanctions relief. Israel has had previous offers of assistance after storms and earthquakes knocked back by Sri Lanka and Pakistan, as if anybody is likely to care what flag is worn on the shoulder of the arm that pulls them from the rubble. And as of this broadcast, it is unclear whether or not Syria will accept Israel's assistance, and it appears that Turkey has instructed Cyprus that its rescue teams would be unwelcome. Syria's regime also appears to be insisting that any aid must be delivered exclusively through its auspices, and the US, for one, has said that it will only help Syria via trusted NGOs. A standoff which must be of the most transcendent uninterest to people wondering if help will ever come. For Monocle24, I'm Andrew Muller.